Wellspring podcast is presented by Wellspring of Life Church, a community of faith, hope, and purpose. And the message this morning is standing on the solid rock, maintaining your relationship with God. And our main verse is going to be Psalm, or our main scripture, excuse me, is going to be Psalm 27. As most of you know me, I like to start out with something a little different. So I'm going to start out with a little poem from an unknown author. It says, remember man as you walk by, as you are now, so once was I. As I am now, so shall you be. Remember this and follow me. To which someone replied by writing on the tombstone, to follow you, I'll not consent until I know which way you went. I know, it's kind of lame. <laughs> thought I was going to get a little better laugh than that, but all right. All right, I just kind of want to set this up. Now, the story um, that I'm going to start off with is, is just kind of hopefully leads into it. At least it made sense to me, so it may not make sense to you. <laughs> what I want to talk about is just uh, when we talk about our maintaining a relationship with, with God is, is about consistency. And it's staying in the word, and it's just staying solid, um, staying, standing strong on the rock. And I think we see a lot of inconsistencies in the church today. Um, not so much the church itself, uh, but it is with the people. Sometimes we end up going to places where we're trying to find a church, and maybe the music isn't the right, doesn't fit us, or the message doesn't fit us. And we sometimes people bounce around and they look at, well, this one's not for me because of those just those things I just said. And sometimes I think we have to take a look at ourselves to see if the inconsistency is within us or is it in, is it, is it with our relationship with God or is it actually the church? So um, what I want to talk about this morning is just real quick, just leading up to this, is um, the story of Samson. Um, this is, like I said, not the whole story of the message this morning, but um, the first thing that we read about from Samson is in Judges 13, 24, and the reason why I picked this is because Samson is kind of a model of inconsistency, and I think most of you who are familiar with the story of Samson would agree with that and understand that. Judges 13, 24 says, the woman gave birth to a boy and named him Samson. He grew, and the Lord blessed him. And then in verse 25, it says, And the Spirit of the Lord began to stir him while he was in Dan between Zorah and Eshtol. The Holy Spirit was working in his life, in the life of this young man. Now here is where the problem lies with Samson. Samson was called by God, had a purpose in life, but Samson was never able to get past the, uh, the sins of the flesh, I guess to say and be in agreement with the Holy Spirit the entire time. In Judges 14, 1 and 2, it says, Samson went down to Timnah and saw there a young Philistine woman. When he returned, he said to his father and mother, I have seen a Philistine woman in Timnah. Now get her for me as a wife. Probably wouldn't work nowadays, I don't think. Uh, <laughs> you see, having the Holy Spirit does not guarantee um, that we will live a godly life. It gives us everything that we need, um, but we have a responsibility to follow. Samson was consistent in one thing, 
inconsistency. Back and forth between the Holy Spirit um, power in his life and giving into the flesh, as we know, if you know the story of Samson. Judges 14, 19 says, Then the Spirit of the Lord came upon him in power, but Samson continued to give in to the lusts of the flesh. Samson's problem was that he loved beautiful women and didn't matter who they were or what kind of woman they might be. When he saw one, he liked and went after her. God gave Samson superhuman physical strength, but because of his weakness, that strength left him. So Samson was the real problem here. It wasn't anything inconsistent with God or his calling. His real problem was his relationship because God did call him. Um, the problem was in his lack of understanding and concern for the word of God. And he had taken the word of God seriously. He would have avoided many problems in his life. I think we can all speak to that as well. Finally, when Samson gave in to Delilah, he hit rock bottom. It was then and only then that he began to focus on what God um, really wanted for his life. God had to send him to deliver Israel from the hands of the Philistines. And it was only after Samson realized his own weakness that he became consistent in his walk with God. Unfortunately for Samson, it was a little too late. It came at the end of his life. So this morning, I want to talk just a little bit about um, our walk with God. And maybe we don't live that inconsistent life that Samson did, um, but we can learn to live and walk and be continuous, consistent, and solid in Christ. If you have your Bibles, iPhones, iPads, Psalms 27. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When evil men advance against me to devour my flesh, when my enemies and my foes attack me, they will stumble and fall. Though an army besiege me, my heart will not fear. Though war break out against me, even then will I be confident. One thing I ask of the Lord, that is what I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to seek him in his temple. For in the day of trouble, he will keep me safe in his dwelling. He will hide me in the shelter of his tabernacle and set me high upon a rock. Then my head will be exalted, excuse me, then my head will be exalted above the, above the enemies who surround me and his tabernacle will I sacrifice shouts of joy. I will sing and make music to the Lord. Verse seven. Hear my voice when I call, O Lord, be merciful to me and answer me. My heart says of you, seek his face. Your face I will seek. Do not hide your face from me. Do not turn your servant away in anger. You have been my helper. Do not reject me or forsake me. O God, my Savior, though my father and mother forsake me, the Lord will receive me. Teach me your way, O Lord. Lead me in the straight path because of my oppressors. Do not turn me over to the desires of my foes, for false witnesses rise up against me, breathing out violence. I am still confident of this. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord, be strong, and take heart and wait for the Lord. God wants us to live a consistent life. So what I want to do is just over the next uh, couple minutes just kind of break down those scriptures. One of the things that we need to do is we need to look at 
what we can receive and what maybe we can expect to receive. Verse 1 says, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life, and whom shall I be afraid? Verse 2 says, When evil men advance against me to devour my flesh, my enemies and my foes attack me. They will stumble and fall. Verse 3 says, Though an army besiege me, my heart will not fear. Though war break out against me, even then will I be confident. So when we look at the words of these verses, it tells us that we can receive from God a consistent life in Him. As it's referred to in verse 1, Jesus is the light of the world. He alone can light our path. In order for light to have any value uh, in our life, we have to hold it up and we have to open our eyes to it. In verse 1, uh, the word light means illumination. With Jesus, we have a, a Holy Spirit illumination. 1 Corinthians 2.14 says, The man without the Spirit does not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, and he cannot understand them, because they are spiritually discerned. We need to open our eyes to what God has for us, and one of the ways we do that is through, obviously, through spending time in the Word every day, um, worshiping. And I, th I think we're all probably guilty of not having or not spending enough time in the Word. Well, maybe some of us are. I look at Kenny, and he's, I think he's good to go. He's giving me that look. It's like, I don't have that problem. Verse 2 says, We have salvation, for God so loved the world, if you confess with your mouth. For it is by grace you are saved. Salvation comes from God. It is for everyone. And whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Amen. In verse 3 it says, We have freedom from fear. God has not given us a spirit of fear. Because what? Perfect love does what? Casts out fear. So how can we avoid being fearful? <clears throat> we have to know who we are in Christ. And that comes with a strong relationship. We're not really going to know what that feels like unless we follow Christ to the full. We have to allow a spirit to work in us. And we must be born again. Verse 4 says... You have um, God's stronghold around you. <clears throat> Excuse me. The King James Version of stronghold is translated as strength. The Hebrew word means a fortified place. Whenever we belong to God, He places a fortified wall of protection around us. God is always our line of defense against the enemy. Psalm 61.3 says, For you have been my refuge, a strong tower against my foe. Proverbs 18.12 says, The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run to it and are safe. A spiritual stronghold is something that has taken control of our lives. It can be a demonic stronghold or it can be the Lord. It's our choice. Verse 5 says, or excuse me, verses 2 and 3 say about the protection of God's, <clears throat> that, excuse me, that God sets up for you against the enemy. Ultimately, we have to know that the opposition for every Christian comes from the enemy of our soul. We have to be able to recognize who the enemy is. And the only way we can do that is to stay strong in our relationship with Christ. Demons will attack us in order to give us doubt, waver, or give up. 
Satan does not want us to be consistent in our spiritual walk. He does not want us to be healed. He doesn't want us to be saved. He doesn't want us to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. He will do everything in his power to stop us. That means that he will use other people, sometimes other Christians. And I believe that those Christians think that they are doing the right thing. How many times have you been working on something that you believe that you're called to do and someone, maybe a brother and sister in Christ, comes along and says, eh, I don't think you should do that. And maybe it's just on them not knowing, but just kind of throwing a roadblock at you when you need to stay strong in whatever you're doing. Whatever God has called you to do, you need to keep doing it despite what others may say. If God has called you, he'll see you through it. If the Holy Spirit has given you a spiritual gift, don't, anyone, don't let anyone talk you out of it. Be consistent. The last part of verse 3 says, Though war break out against me, even then will I be confident. Those are the things that you can expect from a consistent relationship with God. The second thing I want to cover is we need to look at what we can ask for. Verse 4 says, one thing I ask of the Lord. <clears throat> you can ask for permanence, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. The word dwell in the Hebrew presents an interesting um, point of view or interesting study. It means to sit down as in an ambush. I've never heard it put that way before. Jesus said, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be given to you. If you take that in the context of verse 3 that we just read, we get the idea of, one, of waiting for an enemy to come against us and just at the right time while we are waiting on God's house. So remember that we are and that you are, we all are, the temple of the Holy Spirit. We are laying an ambush against the enemy to attack him with the word of God with the sword of the Spirit. <clears throat> in, relationship, in your relationship with God, you never have to worry about His leaving you. If you lack consistency, you may have a difficult time finding Him, but not because He isn't there. It's because you might have forgotten what He looks like or what He sounds like. But that is no reason to give up. You can ask for vision, to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to seek Him in His temple. For the Christian seeking God in His temple has two different meanings. First, you are the temple of the Holy Spirit. You should seek constant revelation of who God is in your life. God wants to reveal Himself to you by His Spirit, but He also wants to reveal Himself to others you. So you should seek to manifest the very nature of God in your physical body. In other words, what, what does Dave always say or what do you always say around here? You put God on display. Yeah. Second, the local church is a temple of the Holy Spirit. It is through the local church that you are provided with the opportunity of corporate worship, teaching, praying, fellowship with other believers. It is through your participation in the local church that you can grow in the Lord and experience the moving of the Holy Spirit in your life. So if there's anybody out there that 
want to volunteer to do stuff at the church, you're more than welcome to come up. Thanks to Dave for stepping in because we have an injured individual up here. So thank you, Dave, for stepping up. And don't let fear or doubt or what you think might be a lack of ability to help or contribute keep you from doing it. For the longest time, I always wanted to play bass in the band. And I, I, I've told this story before is I cannot read a note. I have no idea when I hit an A or an E, if I'm not playing along like I'm supposed to, I have no idea because the only way I know is because it sounds bad. That's, all, that's, the, only, that's the only way I know. I don't know, how to, I don't know how to read music. I don't know you play an A. I don't know what that is. But I wanted to do it because it was, uh, for me, it was the way I wanted to worship. And thankfully, we have two very patient people that run the worship team that put up with me and have put up for me. <laughs> Put up with me for, what, seven years now? I know, it seems like an eternity. Go ahead and say it. Is that all? <laughs> but whether it be doing overheads, whether it be doing sound, whether it be doing music, whether it's doing something with the kids, don't let things hold you back if you feel that like God has called you for something. Because the enemy will always try to put doubt in your mind. And you can't let him do that. Um, you can see that the diversity of, the, of humanity is what makes Christianity so special. What makes us different makes us better. And being here, this is, I, I got to tell you, I, we may be small, but we're mighty, and I love this church. It's a great church. We uh, used to go a long time ago to, um, what was it called? Um, <laughs> well, maybe that too, yeah. Yeah. Uh, True confessions now. What the heck? We got time. <laughs> Canyon View. Canyon View. A couple thousand people at each service. You just went in there. You uh, listened to the music. You listened to the message. And then you walked out. And it's so much different being in a smaller church and being part of a community. And I just love you guys. You know, it's like I said before, the outpouring that you guys have given me um, regarding my condition, praying for me, always asking about me. I mean, that's just amazing to me. Especially... I'm getting off on a tangent here, but, you know, being in law enforcement for 25 years, we're very private people. We keep people at a distance. Um, but I don't feel that way with anybody in this room that you guys have, have, the way you've just shown love and appreciation for me. And I just can't, I don't even know what to say. I'm surprised I'm not crying. That's, that's the weird thing. We're all different, but we are one in Christ. We need to stay connected to our church we often see is that people go to church and then leave because there isn't enough going on. Maybe for their kids, young adults, they complain about the music, which some of these guys will probably complain about when we leave. Um, but if you stayed in church long enough, who knows, you may be that person that God is calling to develop ministries in the church. Too many people want to see the beauty of the Lord, but are not willing to stay faithful to the temple in order to do it. You can ask for his protection, his help in times of trouble. In verse 5, it says, there, in verse 5, there is another reason for staying connected to the church. For in the day of trouble, he will keep me safe in his dwelling. He will hide me in the shelter of his tabernacle and set me on a high upon a rock. 
there's an old gospel song, that, and we're not going to sing it, don't worry about it, that says it all. Sometimes um, when you quote scripture, I guess sometimes a song just says, I mean, it, it doesn't replace scripture, obviously, but sometimes a song can really just kind of put things in perspective, and it touches the heart. It says, where do I go when there's no one else to turn to? Who do I talk to when no one wants to listen? Who do I lean on when there's no foundation stable? I go to the rock. I know he is able. I go to the rock. Verse 6 says, Then my head will be exalted above the enemies who surround me. At his tabernacle will I sacrifice with shouts of joy. I will sing and make music to the Lord. Now I know that what I was, it's in my notes is a little bit different than the NIV, so I apologize for that. So if it's throwing you off a little bit, that's, that's what it is. Third thing we want to look at is what we can expect. You can expect God to answer you. May not be when you think. Maybe longer than you think. Very rarely, at least for me, is sooner than what I think. But it's never when I want it. I know that for sure. Hear my voice when I call, O Lord, be merciful to me and answer me. Do you think God hears when you speak? Does anybody have any doubt about that? I certainly do not. Do you believe that he answers prayers? Or do you just pray just in case? Do you just kind of throw those prayers up and, and hope for the best? Kind of like what we used to call spraying and praying when we were shooting targets. 1 John 5, 14 through 15 says, This is the confidence we have in approaching God, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we we know that we have what we asked him. So what does that mean to ask according to his will? And that's always the caveat to that. It simply means knowing what his word says about your situation. Do you need a physical touch? Then you know that he'll, he heals all your diseases. Do you need fear taken away? Then you know that he will cast all, that you can cast all your cares upon him. Do you need a financial miracle? Then know if, that if you, are, if you are biblical in your financial dealings, that he will provide for every need you have. You can expect God to speak to your heart by his spirit. Verse 8 says, My heart says of you, seek his face. Your face, O Lord, I will seek. But here is the problem. Most of the times we only seek God's face when we feel like it. When it suits us. When we need something. We ignore the prompting of our spirit. But we can expect God to continue to work on us. He will never leave us nor forsake us. He will continue to reveal himself to us by his spirit. The word seek means to search after by any method, but especially by worship and prayer. So what is it? What does the Holy Spirit want you to get when you seek? 1 Corinthians 2.10 says, The spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. You can expect that God is always available. Do not hide your face from me, 
he says, do not turn your servant away in anger. You have been my helper. Do not reject me or forsake me, O God, my Savior. Verse 10 says, through my father and mother, though my father and mother forsake me, the Lord will receive me. God will always teach you. Uh, verse 11 says, teach me your way, O Lord. Lead me in a straight path because of my oppressors. Verse 12 says, do not turn me over to the desires of my foes, for false witnesses rise up against me. <laughs> Breathing out violence. There is more in these verses than just the fact that the Holy Spirit teaches us. He wants us to know how to respond according to his will, even in the most extreme circumstances. When we are under attack from the enemy, how should we respond? The fact is that we should always respond in love with intent of leading the lost to Christ. Do not respond according to your feelings. <laughs> and that is one of the things that's always an issue, at least has always been an issue for me, is you respond or you react based on feelings, not what, not what the Word of God says. You just end up in a fight. Don't respond according to past knowledge because each circumstance has its own answer. But ask God to teach you. As we bring this to a close, we don't have to live our lives like Samson did. But verse 13 and 14 tells us that we can live our lives in confidence. I am still confident of this. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord. Be strong and take heart. And wait for the Lord. The goodness of the Lord is not for eternity only. You can expect to see it in the land of the living, right here and right now. It means we don't have to wait for it. Are we going to see heartache, hardships, problems? <laughs> Watch the news. You know, live your life every day. Go to work. We should wait on God. Wait for the Lord. Don't do what I do. <laughs> don't get ahead of him. And don't lag behind him either. Let him lead and then stay in step with him. Be strong and take heart. So where have you fallen short? Maybe you're not in and out of church and you feel like you're okay with God. But there's one area that you, are con that you continue to struggle with in your life. Isn't that the same as being in and out with God? Are you willing to trust Him and Him alone for all things? Are you willing to make necessary changes in your spirit in order to see them manifested in you? If the change hasn't taken place in the spirit, what happens in the flesh won't change either. Saying words just isn't enough. But staying connected is a must. We all need to be standing on the rock. This is a story of uh, just a couple of ordinary people, uh, Zachariah and Elizabeth. They trusted God when a longing goes unfulfilled. A longing unfulfilled can be disheartening. Imagine having been married for a long time, unable to have kids, and living in a culture that measured God's love for you by the number of children that you have. This is the story of Zachariah and Elizabeth, and a, a couple described as very old and childless. 
They are an example of people who understood longing unfulfilled. The heartache of being denied something you long for and not knowing why. Have you been denied something that you've longed for for a long time? Maybe it's a lingering health situation that won't go away. A child who rejects you, your influence. A character weakness that you cannot overcome. Or a sin that plagues you and your relationship. Zachariah and Elizabeth understand that. They also understood how to remain faithful while God, while waiting on God. In the time of King Herod of Judea, there was a priest named Zechariah who belonged to the priestly division of Abijah. His wife Elizabeth was also a descendant of Aaron. Both of them were righteous in the sight of God, observing all the Lord's commands and decrees blamelessly. <clears throat> but they were childless because Elizabeth was not able to conceive, and they were both very old. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayer has been heard. Your wife Elizabeth will bear a son, and you are to call him John. He will be a joy and a delight to you, and many will rejoice because of his birth. He will bring many back to the people of Israel, to the Lord their God. And he will go on before the Lord in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the parents to their children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteous to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. The thing that's inspiring about Zechariah and Elizabeth is their ability to trust in God in the midst of a longing unfulfilled. We know that they trusted God because they continued to serve and God described them as righteous. The angel showed up to Zechariah with good news while Zechariah was serving God as a priest. And there's a whole separate story with, with those two um, that would be, a, I guess, a sermon or a message in itself. But obviously, we're not going to do that today. He could have given up on God altogether, but decided to keep serving God despite his unfulfilled longing. So how do you handle adversity? If you are like me, and you endure adversity for, for any length of time, it can be easy to lose faith and quickly turn to self-pity and unbelief. This leads us to quit praying and expecting God to move. The story of Zechariah and Elizabeth is about the faithfulness of God and what it means to live by faith. Thank you for listening to this message by Wellspring of Life Church in Western Colorado. If you'd like to learn more about our community, please visit wellspringoflifechurch.com. So I will lift up, lift up my heart.